Welcome to Wine, Women, and Writing. You found me, Pamela Fagan Hutchins, and my guest for today, who I'll introduce in a moment. And we're going to talk uh, about women's writing and great female characters, authentic, complex female characters, and with a little luck, um, their origins, the real life stories they're based upon, their inspirations, and all that kind of good stuff. Um, we do it with a little bit of a reverence, some humor. Whatever comes out or happens, happens, and we are happy about it. And as I said, I'm Pamela. And I write the USA Today bestselling and Silver Falchon winning um, mysteries that are part of the What Doesn't Kill You series. You can learn more about them on my website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com. The newest release are my Maggie books there irreverent and fun, live wire, sick puppy, dead pile. I'd love it if you check them out. You can also find out about past episodes of Wine, Women, and Writing there, as well as my upcoming guests. And what's cool about that is you can see the books that I'm reading and be reading along with me so that when we get to these shows, we're book clubbing together because that's what really makes this fun. And if you enjoy this completely free to you show, focusing on promoting female authors and you'd like them to continue, I'd ask that you consider supporting it. And it's easy to do at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash WWW with Pamela. No contribution is too small. And if you do contribute, I'll mention you on the air. So the thanks this week goes to Susie and Peter. Thank you guys. Appreciate you supporting um, women in the arts. And as far as the ongoing saga of where the heck is Pamela or Waldo um, in my summer of ever-changing locations, I'm back at my parents' little ranch in the tiny town of DeLeon, Texas, and we're going to battle the country internet here um, with my guest who has big city internet, and I'm sure if there's any problems, it's going to be mine. I'm uh, very excited about our guest today. And not just because I enjoy her books, but also because I know her from back when. And the author in question is International Book Award winner, Leela Taha, here to talk about Lost in Time. Hello, how are you? Hi, hi, it's so good to see you again. It's so good to see you too. I, as I was um, thinking about this morning about the chance to talk to you, I was trying to remember how long ago I first met you or where I first met you. And, and I was kind of drawing a blank for that first special moment, but it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. I do remember, actually, I remember the first time I met you. I think it was uh, 2012. Um, it was in a writer's conference. And I think we, I was so frustrated. I was talking to a friend, Roger, if you recall. Yes standing right next to him and and you chipped in a couple of uh, very sound advice and that's how we we connected <laughs> basically yeah, i was bossy and nosy just like always <laughs> a boost <laughs> i remember that now that you say that i remember that exact moment and the the hotel the conference was in and everything and yes. i had been hearing about you believe it or not um actually, it's very believable that I've been hearing about you for a while because people in the Houston writers community were talking about your great writing. And it was before you'd ever published anything. So yeah. it was kind of a secret. <laughs> this woman and she's really, really amazing. So it's great to now, well, seven years later, yeah. be here talking about your books. Yeah. Three books later too. Three yeah. books later. And you told me earlier, three books later, but 
multiple books in the works right now. So yes, yes. You I'm, go. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on a sequel to Lost in Time and I'm finalizing a book that's totally different. It's not connected to the stories. Uh, and, and it's all, it's in the, it's final stages. Yep. Excellent. And do you do your writing in that super cool library that you're in right now? <laughs> I mean, look at her, look behind her. It's like thousands of books. That's true. Yeah. I do part of my writing here, but most of the creative part, uh, uh, I do it on my iPad anywhere I want, mostly on the kitchen table, actually. <laughs> <laughs> or on the couch, but I do come in here to finalize things. And, and so make you can type on the on your iPad. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah, all the time. It's I'm you know it it took over the laptop and everything. I, it just has everything for me. I think yeah. I'm gonna have to try the iPad. I'm I'm winning anyway. A discussion for another day. Technology. Um. So with with your books, the first one that I read was not Lost in Time. I read Shadows of uh, from Damascus years ago and really right. loved it. So book Shadows of Damascus. Yeah. Yeah. And so with with your books, um, for the readers that did not follow instructions or the listeners that did not follow instructions and read ahead of time so that they can be ready for the discussion, tell them a little bit about Lost in Time. Give them a teaser. Okay. It is a story that explores the um, idea of identity, cultural identity. So it follows the lives of uh, Petra, the, the, the main female character, and Sami, the main male character, who are both uh, first-generation Palestinian Americans. And uh, they go through their lives in Houston, mostly, uh, uh, trying to connect with their roots and, and solve a mystery that, that popped up into, into their lives and the way their relationship develops. So that's the core of the book. And with, when we think about um, where good books come from and we think about where writers get their inspiration, how much of your life and your experiences do you pull into putting together your books? Oh, a lot of it, a lot of it. I know, I know everybody says that writers write what they know, uh, but of course writers write what they feel, what they perceive. Uh, so I have a, a, a very complex background in terms of, of how I ended up here. Um, I, I come from a Palestinian father and a Syrian mother from Syria. Uh, and I was born in Kuwait and I grew up in Kuwait. And then uh, when the Gulf War happened in 1990, I ended up in the States here. Um, strangely enough, I, I ended up in Wisconsin, which was so different than, than the desert of Kuwait. <laughs> <laughs> and then I married and moved to Texas. So, um, and I have children who are born here and, you know, they, this is their home and they've grown up here. So they are first generation uh, Palestinian Americans. So the story connects to uh, my children's um, sense of identity in a way, uh, but in a more dramatic way, of course. You know, it, it, your life could be, you know, a movie in and of itself. There's a lot of drama back there. We won't get into all of it. Feel free to share any stories as we go along. But now I know where with Shadows of Damascus, that Wisconsin um, 
uh, setting came from. It's your latter part of your childhood. <laughs> That's true. So I lived I lived in Wisconsin for two years, uh, and uh, yeah, a lot of it is is pulled from that experience. And now we have Houston um, coming mm. into play as one of the, you know, the, the one of the three primary settings, at least, of um, of your new, of not your newest book, but Lost in Time. So with the characters, you mentioned that a lot of this is from how you feel uh, about your kids as first generation Americans. Were any of the characters in the book drawn from real life? Are they completely figments of your imagination? Figments, completely fictional. Yeah, they're not based on anyone specific in my life. Uh, they're older than my children, um, but uh, yeah, I, I just this is how I write. I want to write a story about a specific character. So I create the character and I make it real in my head as much as possible. And I think that's what most writers do. Right. And then I put them together on the pages, the, the characters, and they take over. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I live in this world with them around me and talking to each other and what have you. And that's how the story develops. So I don't, I don't have a story complete from A to Z, from chapter one to chapter 30 uh, of what the plot is like but I have these characters that I want them to interact and I want them to explore. And that's how I write. That's how I wrote Lost in Time. So you just start writing and let the characters develop their own lives and relationships. There's not any outlining, any no. beats, or you just let it rip. Absolutely. That's, I know it's the least effective way of writing because it's very time consuming. Uh, and it's not organized. Um, but that's, that's how I write. I just start with chapter one and keep writing. And of course, but by then I've had the research done. I've, ha I've, I've done all the necessary uh, things to, to learn about my characters, about their, their environment, about the history of the area, everything. And then I start writing. Um, but I don't put things down. That's my problem. And <laughs> we keep forgetting things. So every now and then I would, you know, go back and, oh, did I put this in chapter one? It's really time consuming, but that's the way I write. That's how so not even any yellow stickies or emails to yourself. You just let it flow. That is brave and it is very lifelike because that's how we live our lives, right? There is no outline going forward you just kind of step off into the unknown and you're doing that with your characters which is kind of exciting yeah. and you're right it's time consuming I've done some that way too and it you end up with something beautiful and it nearly kills you in the process exactly exactly <laughs> and, and and surprising at the same time I would sometimes sit down to write a certain chapter knowing that okay maybe I'll take it in this direction but then when the characters start talking to each other or doing something or whatever they surprise me they take me yeah. in a totally different direction so it's fun it's fun I have to say I'm I'm originally an engineer I'm an electrical engineer and uh, I have a master's in human factors engineering which is part of industrial engineering so I'm so used to technical writing and being so organized and and focused and all that but then when I switch to creative writing uh, it's a totally different field, completely different monster. There's, you know, I let go basically, I completely let go. I love that. My husband's an engineer and he tries to help me with the writing and he's gotten where he really loves brainstorming because it's 
it is, it, there's not, you know, the, the, the walls around you between the formulas going from one place to another. And I can totally see how that would be really nurturing the other side of your brain to be able to, to be someone who's smart enough to be an engineer and create enough to be a writer. So you're becoming my hero all over again. (laughs) Now, okay. So with your plot, we've got our wonderful setting or, or multiple settings in this book because it spans Houston and the Middle East. It's very multicultural. It is exotic was one of the things I felt as I was reading it was, you know, here, here I am living, I mean, literally I'm in a little bitty town in a farming community in Texas, and I'm getting to experience places that I've never been and smells and foods and sights that I've never seen. So for me, it was like, it was like traveling to, to really exotic locations, but it's also a very romantic book. This is it's partly a suspenseful book with a mystery that the characters are solving. And it's partly a romance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's true. What is it to you when you were writing it or when you were done? What did you think that you had delivered? I, I had a very strong romantic uh, uh, relationship between the characters. But I would characterize it in general uh, as, as a human interaction kind of story with romantic elements with right history with some culture and some you know uh, perspective from my point of view so but mainly yeah you're right it's a relationship between two people that i want them to get together but so many things get in the way <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna give away the, the- so many things big and small (laughs) but it is and and, you know when I think about what what women like to read what people like to read and I I had this conversation with a thriller writer recently about action and thriller very of our lives really like that most of our lives have people in them they have romantic interests they have children they have friends they have parents and that's what gets me in your book is those multi-generational relationships and uh and all the people that petra cared so much about in this book so that's to me it was the drama it was the family it was the relationships that really kept me glued to the page wonderful wonderful that's so good to know (laughs) and as far as plot so you said you're a pantser you're totally pants in this whole way it's completely character driven for you you never thought this is kind of where I see this going ultimately plot wise I'm picturing this that just doesn't happen for you uh it happens way late in the book (laughs) <laughs> after I've passed the half point, yeah. Uh, after I've passed the peak in the in the plot, that's when I start thinking. Okay, how do you? Th- how how should this develop? Maybe it should go in this direction. But then, thankfully, I I have my husband first, and and other people that I talk to, uh, who are exposed to it as specifically my husband as the story is developing because I read out loud to him and what have you. And, and getting the perspective uh, uh, from someone else outside my little world bubble 
it's so helpful. It, it makes me see things in a, in a different view. And sometimes it takes me in a different direction as well. So it's a, I would say it's an interactive process as I'm writing the book. Uh, uh, and um, it, it just, it gets me very uh, involved and, and into it. And then, you know, reaching that end point is not that important for me as I'm writing the book. It's interesting that you talk about collaborating with your husband, for me especially, because I really collaborate with my husband. I think everybody needs someone every, when they're writing to interact with to bring a book to its full potential. I am never, um, never pleasantly surprised how much my books lack until I start getting that feedback. And I'm like you, I do it partway through. And my husband is my first reader and my brainstorming partner and he'll bring things up and I'm thinking, why didn't I think of that? That's a great idea. I must be a terrible writer because that never occurred to me. But it's amazing. And every new reader you bring in has that perspective. I think too, that's one of the cool things about the reader author, um, you know, relationship. The, the, the reader doesn't know that you, that it's a mutual relationship. You're writing for them. You're hoping for their thoughts and things like that. But each person brings their own ideas to the table when they're reading a book. Absolutely. You mentioned book club earlier. And I wondered about whether you've had the opportunity to meet with book clubs about this book. I would think there'd be some wonderful discussions. I have, yeah. There, um, uh, just last week, I had a, a, a wonderful group of ladies who, in a book club who discussed, uh, read Blossom Time and discussed it. They had already read my second book, uh, Better Almonds, Almonds, and invited me over. And that was a wonderful discussion. And then like uh, uh, two months later, they invited me over for, for Lost in Time. And now they're reading... So I think two in November, I think they're reading Shadows of Damascus. So they're just grabbing the books and going through them, which is absolutely thrilling. I mean, you want readers to be involved and 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 to 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 actually demand. Since I haven't, since I'm working on the sequel for Lost in Time, it was so important to get their feedback and other readers' feedback right. uh, on Amazon reviews, whatever, and 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 Facebook, because since I'm working on the sequel there are so many ideas I could use and utilize and, and, you know, shift directions and what have you. So feedback is so important. It is. And it's so exciting when, when you get these invitations to book club and things like that. And it's crazy because readers will say, would you mind, or would you consider? And it's like, for an author, you're like, well, I would move heaven and earth to come to your book club. This is absolutely <laughs> the thing I write for. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and it opens your eyes to so many things that that I personally didn't even think that were uh, um, induced in the book or or hidden in the book. You know, I I just write a story, but but people, according to their own experiences and the right. way they read things, they read things in between the lines that I didn't even think about. And it's so wonderful to to learn uh, for a writer. It really is. And so you guys. Lelis is available to book club. Yes. <laughs> and she knows how to Zoom now. So you could even do it by Zoom from a distance. I've had some where I've done them by Zoom. Um, so now when you're writing, I already know the answer to this question. I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you write thematically or does that sneak up on you later? Or do you ever consider theme at all? So lost in time as an example, do you feel that there is a theme that emerged from the book? And if so, was it 
intentional or was it just what the characters had to say? I think there is a theme, yes, to answer your question. And the theme, I think, in general is, is um, identity. Uh, how, how we define identity or how the characters define their cultural or uh, uh, background identity. Um, I think I had that in the back of my mind all along when I was writing the story, uh, but uh, it, the, the way it came up was surprising to me because of the way characters interacted and, and all the events that happened in the story. So it wasn't surprising in, you know, uh, to say that this is a book about self-identity and, and, and cultural identity. It's a book about two people who happen to have a problem with their identity. So, right. yeah. And with the title, by the way, for those of you that um, haven't seen the cover of the book yet, it's lost in T-H-Y-M-E time, not T-I-M-E time. This is not a time traveling book. So where did the title come from? Yeah. Well, time, the herb, T-H-Y-M-E, is a very specific uh, uh, food staple for uh, Palestinian cuisine. And, um, you know, it's, it's in, in, there's a specific uh, uh, meal dish that only utilizes that herb. So it's very specific to the culture. But then in the book, the character Petra uses, uh, should, I, should I give it away or should I not? <laughs> Minor spoiler, turn your sound down if you don't want to hear it. If you do want to hear it, that's okay. It doesn't give away the whole plot. So no, okay. something that she uses reminds the main character, Sammy, of, of that smell, of that essence. So um, that's where the word comes from. And then lost in because both characters are lost right. in this world, trying to figure out uh, a way uh, either to each other or way back to the past, to their roots. So how, so, how the title came up, I came up with it. <laughs> I love the title, actually. I love the title. And when I got to that part of the book where I was starting to see where the title come from, it came from, I was like, yay, this is so cool. <laughs> way after I'm done writing Every yeah like that yeah uh, after because because I don't know exactly what the story is as I'm writing it right so every book I've written after I'm done uh, uh the title uh you know uh, comes out so another besides from knowing you and knowing your background um really relating to the fact that you were able to pull from your own experiences so authentically in creating the setting and the characters and, and their world in this book. The other thing that strikes me as a repeated, I don't want to say theme, but issue in your books is your concern for victims of domestic violence and, uh, and abuse. It w very much came out in Shadows of Damascus, but it came out in this one as well with, I don't want to do a spoiler here either, but there is an unlikely person who's not very nice, who does bad things to other people in the home. And um, so tell us a little bit about your background helping victims of domestic abuse. Uh, I uh, actually, I worked with, uh, a nonprofit organization for about uh, for, for quite some time, for about twelve years, uh, helping victims of domestic abuse. And my focus was 
uh, direct contact with, with, with the victim, being an advocate for the survival and taking her or him from the point of, of zero hope uh, to an independent uh, stage where they're completely independent from the abuser, uh, the, you know, safe and there's prospects for a better life. And even we prosecuted some, some we went after some, some uh, abusers. Uh, so in that line, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself, about how to see people, about the uh, amount of pain and, and suffering that survivors go through, uh, and how much is so unknown, misunderstood about people who go through this horror, being abused by the people who are supposed to be loving them and, and right. uh, protecting them. So it's a very dear, dear cause to my heart, uh, just from my exposure to, you know, in the field to these kind of victims and, and the, the, the hoops that we have to run through to get them relief or get them help or, you know, uh, uh, set them on, on a better path. And of course, there are a lot of disappointments on the way after working for two years with a victim and getting her to, to a point where she, she can be you know, completely independent. And then some of, some of them go back to the same abuser. Some of them fall in a different relationship with another abuser because it's all you know, encompassing that kind of problem. It touches everyone, every sector of society. <laughs> It doesn't matter, you know, if you're ed educated, uneducated, um, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just a, a huge, tremendous problem. It's a disease. So I worked and up to a point where, uh, when I first started writing Shadows of Damascus, my first book. Right. 11. Uh, that's when events in Syria started happening. So I, I emotionally couldn't, um, you know, be as effective as I used to be. So I decided to stop and, you know, finalized all my cases and started writing out of frustration. Right. Uh, that's how I started writing. That's how I switched to this field. Uh, at the time I was, I, you know, I was implementing my background in terms of, um, human factors engineering in, in running the organization. But, but anyway, that's why it's so important for me. That's why I tried to put it somehow, some way, in some books, to, to, and to show the long-term effect of this problem. It's not just you know it happened and I you know people move on. No, it it, it stays with you. It stays with the children, and it's a very uh, devastating problem that that continues on and on. It was um, <clears throat> very very obvious from the first page, the first chapter, that someone in the book was struggling with something in their past that had, had a very big impact on them. And I don't think it's a spoiler to talk about who since the first chapter is Sammy. Yes. Um, and that you have a big, strong, successful man who was absolutely crippled by his past. Mm -hmm. And it was really powerful. And to see the effect it was having on his current relationships, his fears about the future, you know, and then the impact it has on the next generation as well. So it was really seamlessly woven into the book and it was so much a part of who he is that I really loved that. And I apologize, Petey the Boston Terrier has barked. Um, he snores, he barks. Come on up, Petey, say hello. Come on up. You're just going to have to say hi to everybody since you're here. Oh, wow. This would be Petey, who just barked and interrupted the podcast. See his eye? 
He's my zombie boy. Or Marty Feldman. I can never decide who. <laughs> he had an eye knocked out when he was little. He's probably going to go right back to the door and bark, and we're just going to ignore him. Um, so I, either that or he's very concerned about um, Sammy in the plot line and Sammy's fate, because that's when he had to speak up, right? <laughs> well, it is... Um, it's such also an issue that affects so many more people than we realize because it's a hidden hurt for so many of us. And it's the case with Sammy as well. He just doesn't, he doesn't talk about what's giving him these problems. He'd rather people think that he had problems than tell them why he has this particular issue. So it really is, um, it's wonderful that you include it, not just because it made for good story, but it's wonderful that you include it because it's such an authentic part of way too many people's lives. Yeah, I, I believe that, you know, you, I read books to enjoy and, and you know, enter a different world and all that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's important to learn something. Right. From spending all that time on a book other than just enjoying it. I, that's my belief. Uh, so I, I just wanted to, you know, for the readers who, God forbid that they're going through something similar or something uh, touching their their lives in a, in, a, in a negative way to learn something from the book as well. Yeah. And, and you know, as much as I do the same, I, I read to enjoy and, and to escape, but there's nothing more wooden than a world where we only present one side of a character, just the part that they present on the outside, right? It's like meeting a fake person in real life, somebody that hides everything about themselves and just puts on their Facebook face, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what they're showing to the world. So when I read a character that has depth and, and complexity, uh, they feel more authentic to me. And it doesn't mean that just because bad things are happening to them, that the book is depressing. It's now I can relate. Now I have something where I can empathize with this character and Sammy being so strong, so successful, so good looking, you know, he had a lot of things going for him is someone you can empathize with because he hurts just like all of us. So I, I loved it. I loved that element of it. Um, and of course, Petra is going through all of her challenges as well. We don't mean to minimize Petra, but we got on the subject of domestic domestic abuse yes, she's dealing with so many issues in her life so many problems and a lot of insecurities and i think we all go through them no matter how strong a woman is there are periods in our lives where we're not really that strong <laughs> we don't want to be strong or we give in to weakness and then the trick is to just get up and 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 make the best of it and sometimes that's how i designed her yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Go ahead. Oh, we had one of those um, sunspots where uh, oh. <laughs> we had a delay. Um, so one of the strengths of Petra, of course, is that after falling apart, you pick yourself back up. You get over how you feel about having let yourself down. But I think too, there's some strength sometimes in saying, I don't care what anybody else's expectations are. I've got to take a break. I've got to go have a meltdown and recharge because I, I'm not superwoman. I'm strong and I'm coming back, but everybody needs to recharge their battery. And, and she, she, you know, she bounced back. Well, <laughs> I really enjoyed her. Um, now with your family, I follow Lisa on Facebook 
And I've got to say, this family is all over the world. You guys travel a ton. <laughs> yeah, we love to travel. Uh, I, I want to be part of your family. You go everywhere. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, you know, again, art imitating life. It's multi-generational pictures. I'll see pictures of you with your parents, with your husband, with your kids, and all enjoying life together. And it's really wonderful. Yes, yes. I've been very, very uh, blessed. And, and, you know, like, I, again, going through uh, my life up to this point, yeah, I've had, you know, I've survived di different wars and been, you know, displaced a number of times and what have you. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> That's a little bit like lost in time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, you know, if you, if you measure a life by the, the challenges, um, you're missing out on all of the joy of the relationships. It gets back to what we were talking about with what makes great fiction. It's the relationships in a life. It's, um, it's, it's the love that we share. It's, it's not necessarily um, the hardships that we look back on and say, that's my life. They may have shaped us. They may have put us in a certain place, but it's the love. Yeah. Focus on the good. Focus on the good. That's, that's how I think that's how you move forward. That's what I believe. <clears throat> and me as well. And for those of you out there, if you would like to belatedly, cause I asked you to do this before, grab your copy of Lost in Time and delve into the worlds of Sammy and Petra and their struggles as they search for cultural identity in a midst of many challenges and hopefully find love, cross our fingers, you need to go ahead and get it and you need to read it because there's a sequel coming and we've got to be ready for that, right? So this week, go out and grab yourself a copy of that. While you're doing it, next week's guest is going to be Patty Callahan Henry and the favorite daughter. So Here's your reminder to read ahead there as well. And that um, if you are looking for then another read, go ahead and start with My Saving Grace and make it through number 15, Dead Pile, and I will think that you're a superstar. And last but not least, if you enjoy shows about female writers and the authentic complex female characters that they create, um, then you are getting them completely free of charge, hopefully in the format that you would to your podcast, um, your RSS device, and let the podcast free anytime, anywhere, delivered automatically. You can come look at these videos on Facebook or YouTube. But if you want them to continue, consider a donation at www.bit.ly forward slash www with Pamela, Wine, Women, and Writing with Pamela. And we'll keep these shows coming to you. Leeless, it's been great to see you again. <laughs> I've really, I'm just all giddy and happy. <laughs> It's so lovely seeing you and connecting with you again. And I will really look forward to the sequel to Lost in Time. For those of you out there, have a great week, read a great book, and check in with me next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>